Merry Christmas, everybody. It is a joy to be with all of you here this morning. Particularly want to welcome any visitors, family, friends, guests from out of town who are joining us this morning. What I want to do this morning is talk about something that is so customary for our celebration of Christmas that many of us, I'm sure, take it for granted. And that is the tradition of giving gifts. We give gifts to those we love at Christmas. Santa Claus brings presents to the kids. Why is that? Where does this tradition hail from? Now, of course, in a theological sense, we can say it's because God gave us his only son born at Christmas. And so to imitate that, we give gifts to those whom we love. But probably the real reason, historically, that we do it is actually tied to the feast that we're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks, and that is the Feast of the Epiphany. Whenever the three wise men encounter the Christ child and bring him the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In fact, in many cultures, the gift-giving actually comes then rather than at Christmas. But as I was reflecting on this tradition of giving gifts and the gifts that the three wise men would have given to the Christ child, something dawned on me. And I've got to be honest. If you were a kid, gold, frankincense, and myrrh would be the absolute worst gifts to get at Christmas. I mean, come on, some rocks, some oil, and some dirt, or whatever it is. The kid doesn't want that. Maybe Jesus was pretty nice, and I'm sure the parents were pretty excited to get gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but the fact of the matter is, kids don't want gifts like that. Why? Because you can't play with them. It's like waking up on Christmas morning and you have all the presents, and you open the one present, what is it? It's a bunch of socks. Kids don't want socks. They don't care about that. You're going to throw that off to the side and go after the toys, the gifts that you're going to be able to play with. That's the meaning, at least for children, of the importance of receiving gifts. And so many of us sort of think back to our Christmas as children and the memories of drinking hot cocoa and opening our presents under the tree. But the fact of the matter is, I don't really remember that. Opening presents took about 30 seconds. What I remember is rushing through breakfast and then going to Christmas morning mass and wishing Father's homily was short so I could get back home and play with my toys. That's what mattered. Not opening the gifts, but being able to play with them. I remember one Christmas, it was 1980, and I wanted Santa Claus to bring me a certain gift, and he did. And it was the Star Wars Rebel Armored Snowspeeder. It had little lasers that would go off, and the little harpoon in the back, and if you maybe got that when you were young, I could not wait to reenact the Battle of Hoth from the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. And, of course, when I reenacted it, the Empire won just like they did in the movie. It was only later that I came to, to become a member of the Rebel Alliance. I fought for the dark side for a long time. But the fact of the matter is, I was so excited to be able to play with the gifts. 
That's what's important for children on Christmas. Now, why do I bring this up? Because for Christmas, we come to the manger, and we think of the little baby Jesus there glowing in his crib. And that's all great, and I'm sure that he did that. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus was a kid too. And as a kid, guess what? He had toys, and he liked to play with them as a child. Jesus played with his cousins, his friends, his neighbors. Now granted, he probably had to let them win a lot of the times, because he was the son of God, he probably had a little unfair advantage there. But you think of it, Jesus' public ministry lasted for three years, and we base our whole faith off of it. But he was a child for 12 years. He played with toys, with his friends, he had a great time. He played a lot more than he preached. And so that's the first takeaway that I want to give you uh, from my homily today. The first of three takeaways, actually. The heart of the Christian message, and this is sort of maybe a radical proposal, the heart of the Christmas message is God became man so that he could play with us. God became man so that he could play with us. It's one of my favorite quotes from this sister who was a mystic a number of centuries ago, Sister Marie de la Trinité, and Jesus supposedly appeared to her just like he appeared to Faustina. Listen to this great quote of Jesus speaking to this sister. He said, it's easier to find laborers to work than children to play with. The Lord wants to play, to be with the children. Now, this is sort of a radical message, I understand, and really one that's probably hard for our culture and society to accept when our value as persons is so often equated with how hard we work or with how productive we are. And the fact of the matter is, And I did 11 years of work with college students. This this attitude is ingrained into our children, where their value is often comes to how much they can produce, how well they can do, how hard they can work. And so I've seen the fact that we do not allow our children to play enough today. This is not organized sports, but as the play therapist will tell you, free, undirected play. Like a lot of us did when we were young. Our parents at about 9 o'clock in the morning said in the summer after breakfast, get out of the house, I'm locking the doors, don't come back until 5 o'clock. Granted, we live in a different world, I understand that, but we had to play, we made up our own games, we figured it out. And so there's a lot of research that's being done now to show the deleterious effects on our children and our society because kids aren't playing as much as they used to. There's a distinct increase of anxiety and depression tied back often to a lack of play, free, undirected play. 
A big reason, some will argue, of the problem of the lack of focus is not just the phones and the screens, is because kids aren't playing enough. When we play and we build up that habit, we learn to be really focused. We don't want to do our chores. We don't want to do anything else. We want to play. We want to be involved in the game. And possibly the most interesting thing that I've read about this over the course of the past year is that a lot of the roots that we have in our democracy and our seeming inability to cooperate and compromise comes to the fact that kids aren't playing enough. Because when you were a kid, if you wanted to play and you were being a jerk, you were not going to play. You were going to get kicked out of the game, so you had to learn to get along. We don't know how to get along so often now is because we don't know how to play. So, so that free and undirected play is important. But Jesus didn't just play with his friends. We believe, as we're going to talk about in a week when we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family, Christ played with his family as a child. So often we think of the Holy Family as a monastery. Everybody was walking around like this and never talking to each other. No! They were a normal family. Jesus probably had some toys made by St. Joseph. They played as a family. And this is something that I think we need to picture. We have the image of God wanting to play with us and therefore becoming man. But here's an image with an image, within an image, of Joseph playing with Jesus. It's the image of the Father playing with his children. The Heavenly Father delighting in us, wanting to be with us wanting to play with us and spend time with us. I'm going to give you what I think is the best representation of this that I've seen in a long time, and probably the best one in pop culture over the course of the past several decades, of this image of God as a father who delights in his children, who wants to play with his children. Boy, boy, when I talked about this last night at the, at the 4 p.m. Mass, we had a lot of kids. I got some amens. We're going to see if we get some amens today. You want to see the best example of this? Go to your Disney Plus account and watch the Australian cartoon Bluey. Some of you, look at that. I got, I got some, some, some little fist bumps right there. Absolutely. It's the best show on television right now, and you're going to think I'm crazy. It's an Australian cartoon about a family of dogs. There's the dad, Bandit, the mom, Chili, and the two girls, Bingo and Bluey. And what makes this cartoon so great is that Bandit is the dad that all dads want to be. He spends every episode playing with his kids. As they invent new games, he delights in the kids. And it's a great cartoon. And partially because each episode is about seven minutes long and it can keep my attention for that long. But I really want to encourage you to go and see that. Watch the episodes. It is a perfect example, and I showed it to the seminarians last year, of how God delights in us. The Father wants to spend time with his children. Particularly, I encourage you to watch the last episode of season one called Veranda Santa. Not only is it a great episode, but it'll also show you why the cartoon is actually Christian in very subtle but real ways. Or even better than sitting around and watching television with your kids or grandkids, go out and play with them. 
See what toys they got. Go play a board game. Go outside. Don't freeze, but enjoy spending time playing with your family. Because this is the second takeaway. The family that plays together stays together. You gotta break too, but you also have to have time playing. And third and finally, this is where I wanna land the plane. Center of my message today. We live, as I sort of alluded to before, in a culture that is anxious, worried, and distracted. I see it so often in talking to people, it's difficult to trust in God in a world that is often so wrought with violence and darkness. And how do we grow in trust of the Lord, of God as our Father? Well, I thought about this for a long time. What demographic of our population tends to be the most trusting? The reality is children are. Children trust their parents implicitly. And so, this is so important, is why Jesus said over and over again, unless you become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. We've got to become like kids. And why is this so important? It's because we become like children by doing what is so typical of children. Not necessarily innocence, not necessarily sweetness, but children play. Children who live good, full lives as kids have time to play, and that's the third takeaway. The more we learn to play and have leisure and recreation, the more we will become like children, and the more we will find ourselves able to trust in God the Father, even amidst difficult times. The more we play, the more we become like kids, and the more we learn to trust and fulfill the words of Jesus, and the more peace and unembarrassed joy we will experience. And so I want to end with a quote from someone who knew a lot about the Father's love, and also a lot about playfulness and childlikeness, and that is Pope St. John Paul II. This quote sums it up. He says, quote, whoever has faith, even in the midst of difficulties, preserves that deep peace born of a trusting abandonment to the ever-provident and wise hands of God, who never disturbs the joy of his children except to prepare them for a deeper and greater joy." End quote. And on that note, I hope everyone here has a joyful and playful Christmas. Amen.